Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. When we think about starting a business, taking a promotion, or deciding how to get into that next level, we sometimes feel we're superwomen. We can do it all. Maybe not all at once, but we've got this. Isn't that the battle cry we tell each other? You've got this. And while that's true, why do we feel we need to do this alone? Why can't we be real and authentic and let others know that we do need help? Now, I remember my first meeting when I started out in the insurance world. The room was packed. And although everyone seemed friendly enough, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I wasn't even sure what questions I should ask. Instead, I listened. And I was sure that if I concentrated on the speakers and focused in on their words, I would simply get it maybe through osmosis. We were about 20 minutes into the meeting and one of the top leaders talked about a new program in the health insurance arena. It was a PPO. He said it numerous times and people were smiling, shaking their heads in a positive direction and some were even high-fiving each other. People, productivity, and opportunity were the first three words that came into mind. But I didn't think that was right. Maybe profitability, persuasion, and organization. Now this was the 1990s, so there were no smartphones to look this up. Our cell phones were simply phones. Well, about 45 minutes of my mind coming up with different combinations of PPO words, the man of the hour asked if anyone in the room was unfamiliar with the term PPO. Now, this was my first meeting, and I was the only female in the room, and I had to decide should I raise my hand or not. It seemed like hours had passed since he asked the question, even though it was about, I don't know, 30 seconds. And I was just about to bravely raise my hand, knowing the looks I would receive, when he decided to just blurt it out. 
preferred provider organization. Well, I did have the O correct, and one out of three wasn't too bad. That was the thought that kept going through my head. Now, the reason I tell you the story is because from that moment on, I understood the value of investing in myself. I found mentors in the company that would explain things to me and help me in my journey to navigate this very unfamiliar world. And as I started to show success, they identified me as an emerging leader. And I again had to find those that would support me within the company. And then I hired a coach to fill in the other pieces. Investing in myself was the way I was going to create my future as a leader of the company. Now, that always makes me think of a story about investing in yourself. I was at the airport and my flight was delayed. Nothing new was what I thought, and everyone around me was visibly annoyed. And I was standing next to a woman and we started chatting. Now, you know the conversation always comes back to, so what do you do? But she worked for a very large federal agency, and I told her I was a speaker, an executive coach, and a leadership and sales trainer. And she immediately told me she has never worked with a coach and wouldn't even consider it. Her boss works with a coach, but she again said that was not for her. So I asked her why, and she explained that when you work with a coach, they want you to do more things than what you need to do. They expect more from you, and she didn't want to be promoted or go any higher in the company, so a coach was not for her. Now, I thought she was probably correct, and I reminded myself how important and beneficial it was to invest in myself. The truth is, investing in yourself is extremely powerful. So here's some benefits you receive when you do. First, you're letting people know that the way you treat yourself is the way they should treat you. Respect is earned. And once others see that you respect yourself, you can learn from their mistakes and learn from their accomplishments as well. You know what you need better than anyone else. So you also don't need to wait for anyone else's approval of how to care for you. Of course, you're also demonstrating that you prioritize who and what's really important to you you also become a magnet attracting the right people and the opportunities into your life. You know what's right for you and you know what's not. You become unafraid to say no to your deal breakers and you don't compromise your values or integrity. Now, when you take care of yourself first, you'll accomplish and enjoy more professionally and more personally things than you've ever thought before. And by eliminating negativity in your life, you'll have more time and more energy to complete the projects that can help you propel you and your business to the next level. So remember, taking care of yourself is the best selfish thing you can do. When we come back, we're going to talk to our first guest who's going to talk about her thoughts about investing in yourself and in your future. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense glass half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend 
all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Sewing in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. I am super excited for my very special guest, Fazwilla Sampson. She's the founder of NextGen Leaders and the Executive Vice President of Leadership Management International. NextGen Leaders is a community that aims to develop leaders and organizations to their full potential. Additionally, as an entrepreneur and single mom, she believes it's important to inspire her sisterhood with stories of overcoming adversity and still coming out on the other side winning. She recalls a time several years ago when her reality seemed to stifle her growth and development. She continues to speak to women about the need to invest in themselves with their time, their money, and to reach the places they desire to be the best version of themselves. So welcome to the show, Fazwilla. I am so excited to have you here. Hi, Judy. So excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. So let's talk about the discussion of the day, investing in yourself. When you think of that, what do you hear? Gosh, I think better to probably explain it through my own story. Absolutely. Um, and back in 2015, so several years ago now, I recall the time I had about two bosses to deal with. And it's funny because the tasks that previously gave me a sense that I was making real contributions in my organization had become the exact things that I didn't even want to look at doing. <laughs> I recall also that I wasn't going to receive a bonus at that time or a raise that year because my boss felt that I hadn't, quote unquote, applied myself. And this is like the first time that I'm hearing about this. So I was shocked. And as you mentioned earlier in the intro that I'm, I'm a single mom of two. So I was devastated <laughs> about that. And I remember I was even asking my dad at the time if I could come back home and live with them until I figured something else out. Um, so bless my family, because imagine a divorced single mom of two living back at home with your parents. So you can imagine that. My feeling was I, I was busy and unfulfilled. And at the heart of it, I didn't know how to organize myself enough to organize really the life that I wanted. I was dropping my kids off at 6.30 a.m. and then picking them back up at 6.30 p.m. And it was just like this rat race cycle. And I was tired and I was unmotivated. And I remember thinking back then that it was my external situation was to blame, that that's what I wanted to fix. If I just changed the job, if I just changed the location, if I just changed my boss, for example. And I have to say, again, bless my family, because my dad convinced me to actually enroll in a leadership course. And I will tell you that it was 100% the best decision ever, mainly because within just six weeks, I had actually earned a 12K bonus income. So the bonus I wasn't going to receive, I actually got it. I also received a promotion from director to vice president. And I learned how to become a talent magnet multiplier, really being able to coach entry-level employees into top performers. So people, when I usually tell that story, go, well, what changed? Um, and I say, well, everything, <laughs> but specifically my behaviors are what changed. And I should mention that I enrolled kicking and screaming because again, Going back, I already knew what my situation was, right? It was the external. So if I just changed the job and I just changed location, that that would fix that. So essentially, this, this leadership course that I took became a lifesaver and a game changer for me and obviously for the people that um, I managed as a result. You know, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of times people will say, well, I can't afford that. And I, but the truth is you can't afford yeah. not to. And, and that, that is yes. the truth. <laughs> and you know, the, you know, you and I have a mutual connection with Doreen Rainey. 
And Doreen was oh, the one. Yeah. She was the one that spoke to me in a conference where there were 200 women sitting there, and I heard her directly t- speaking to me. And I actually resigned from my position the next day. And I remember thinking, I need to have a business coach. And I chose Doreen because she really spoke to me. And it was so interesting because I didn't have money for Doreen Rainey. I didn't. But I knew that if I didn't invest in myself, I was going to be like swallowed up and going into this this spiral going down. So I hear you. And I went kicking and screaming to that conference, which is so funny because it changed my life. So I I applaud you. and, And look how your life changed. Absolutely. And I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head. A lot of people, when they hear about coaching, their initial thought is, well, I can't afford this right now because they're thinking about it in terms of a cost. And I say to people, well, we can, we can talk about the cost of not improving yourself, or we can talk about the investment and what you're going to gain. And it really requires a mindset shift in, in that respect. So how do you tell your clients, how do you talk to them about changing the mindset? Because that's a big topic and, and we all talk about it, but how do you actually, you know, is there, a, is there a way for them? I always tell people, you know, just change some of those, try, I'm going to try, no, just do. But what do you suggest to your clients? So that's a good question. I think for me, well, let's back up and just say that when CEOs take the initiative, for example, to start looking at programs to develop their people, it's usually because of a need, right? This could Mm -hmm. be maybe handling poor performance or improving management or operational activities, maybe developing a new program or even formulating new innovative approaches to cope kind of with their emerging marketplace challenges, whatever it is. Developing leaders will ensure that your employees are passionate about their jobs and perform at the highest the highest levels. And I don't know about you, but I've never met any business owner or CEO that doesn't want engaged people who love to come to work to do what they do and give 100, 110%. We're all looking that level for the same things. So when these employees become leaders, even when they only lead themselves, they are more productive and empowered to get things done successfully for the organization. And we've really identified about seven direct benefits to creating, say, a leadership development program. Um, and I'm happy to kind of share what those sure, would be. Sure, I would love that. Yeah. The one is, I think, maybe not all seven, but sort of the important ones, I think, are better decisions. And by developing a leadership mindset and skills in your high-performing employees, you're actually providing them with the tools to make better decisions in the interest of the company. So leaders with the right skills and tools have the ability to make informed and intelligent decisions that will actually help the company grow and prosper. There's a saying that if all you have is a hammer, every problem starts to look like a nail. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I think another direct benefit is future insight, right? So incorporating a leadership development program can provide you as a company with valuable insight and help you sort of target critical areas of your business that could possibly jeopardize your success. So leaders think and plan ahead and allows you to kind of survey trends in the marketplace and in your industry. And by developing leadership qualities in your employees, you're actually safeguarding in a lot of ways, the future of your company through the development of assets that kind of help you maneuver out of tight spots and adverse situations. 
And I guess the last one, which is kind of key because we all talk about it, is employee engagement. Just to go back to that, the implementation rather of successful leadership provides, I say, intangible benefits, but actually tangible benefits such as collaborative work environment, positive company culture, and a positive attitude that employees have towards the work that they do and the company in general. Okay, so you have this leadership development program, you're talking to CEOs. What are some of the qualities that you help the CEOs look for in emerging leaders? Because yes, you're going to develop them, but what do you actually look for? How do you know that the people that are sitting right in front of them are the right person or people for their next level of leadership? Because you're always trying to develop people because you never know, even the, the most loyal person, sometimes things happen and they're gone. What do you look for in order to create the next level? That's a very good question. I think I'll answer it broadly and then kind of go direct. There's actually research conducted by the Center for Creative Leadership found that today's leadership capacity is actually insufficient to meet future leadership requirements. And they surveyed about over 2,000 leaders from 24 organizations and in three countries. And the research identified that the four most important future leadership skills are actually strategic planning, leading employees, change management, and inspiring commitment, which coincidentally are among the weakest skills of today's leaders. And the survey indicated that the leadership gap occurs most noticeably in high priority areas like self-awareness and employee development. So this really shows that it's high time for businesses and organizations of all sizes to really prioritize their efforts to employee development and and leadership skills and roles. So without this leadership development, the current and future needs of the business will not be met. So again, you're kind of looking, it's different for every company. Mm -hmm. So there isn't one size fits all, but generally kind of going back to the four most important future skills, it's being able to do and handle change management, right? Strategic planning leading others, and inspiring commitment. And those are the key skills that you really want to identify who's doing that well right now, who isn't, and then redoubling down and investing in those people to make sure that what your company or organizational goals are when it relates to those future skills are enhanced by developing your people in those areas. Okay. That makes perfect sense. But I have a a weird question for you. So when we were little, we asked a billion questions and everybody said, oh my God, you ask so many questions. Why do you ask so many questions? And obviously we were curious. Where does curiosity fit in? Because at some point we stopped asking questions because people said, stop asking questions. But is that a quality that a CEO should look for among the qualities that you just mentioned, but should they look for somebody that's curious or creative or innovative because there are other ways of doing the same thing? Would we be looking for that? And is that important? Absolutely. And it's kind of hard because you could name all these qualities. And, you know, I mentioned the four, mm-hmm. but I mean, I would even argue that inspiring commitment and leading employees requires curiosity. I mean, if you've ever led a team or maybe team of one, or well, let's just even take yourself for an example. You've got to be curious. You've got to be asking effective questions of your people in order to get from them to do what you need them to do, for example. And even inspiring commitment, I'd go back to that as too. You can't inspire commitment without sort of asking the really effective questions of like, why? So you do have to be curious. You do have to be creative. I would say that in the 21st century, What's key for employees is 
being problem solvers and being innovative because mm-hmm. gone are the days of kind of like the Ford assembly line, right? Right, right. The nature and the new world of work is just, it's different today. And with advanced technologies and all of these things that are coming into the workplace, our employees need to look different too. And the qualities that we're looking for them need to be different, but it really centers around those four future skills. Mm-hmm. But to your point, generally, you do need to be problem solving and you need to be innovative. And you can't do that without curiosity. Absolutely. I totally agree. Okay. So let's talk about my favorite topic, women. So here you have, yeah. uh, you're working with a CEO, you are female. Okay. So you have the, that, that different um, diversity of thought, if nothing else, let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's your CEO and we'll call him oblivious. And the reason he's oblivious is because he doesn't know his people. You're coming in to help him learn his people. Because I really do believe that knowing your people is the most important thing, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a manager, whether you're on a team, whether you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. You have to know your people. So here is Bob who's looking around and wants to promote John and Sam and Louie. But there's also Lisa and Susan sitting there who are really qualified, but he looks past them. And that's that happens a lot of times. How do we get... CEOs to be more aware because it's it's everywhere. You talk about women, it's everywhere. How do we get them to be more aware of either learning their people or talking to people that have the skills, even just the skills, maybe nothing more than that, that they're thinking of to offer positions to more women? Because we all know that there aren't enough women in leadership positions in almost every industry. And I'm not talking about plugging them in because they're women, because I would never say that. I'm talking about qualified women. How do we get them to be more open if not everybody has a Fuzzwillis standing next to them? It's a really great question. I do think a lot about this. I mean, even kind of my story from the beginning, I was in a similar situation. And I kind of think back to what's made it different, what's been different in sort of how I've operated. And, you know, I've always been the one to take a seat at the table. And there's a lot of sort of I'm not going to say backlash, but a lot of thoughts about sort of leaning in and what that really means and is it truly effective? And it always seems like women have to do more. But I will say, and this is where investing in yourself weighs heavily, that you're absolutely right. When it comes to the workplace, we need more women in leadership roles. And what I specifically do is help even women eliminate what's not working for them in those settings and start implementing sort of what does. I will say that women definitely should invest in themselves. That's number one. And to go back to your point, I wouldn't wait for somebody else to gift it to you. Mm -hmm. I've often found that when I've invested in myself, whether it was my organization or my company doing that, that made the spotlight on me where that CEO would say, huh, okay, well, she has prioritized herself and she feels that she's important. They start to take note of that. So that's one kind of one way. But I will say that when you sort of develop a leadership program within your organization and you you nail down what the qualities are for your company or your organization, you can start to plug in to, to again, go back to the point, you don't want to just put women, just to put women in there, right? Because we're not trying to uh, meet a quota, right, <laughs> right? right? We really do want to explain what the qualities are for success within our respective companies. And again, it will look different for every company or organization, but you really do want to identify that and to help that CEO go, well, who currently is meeting that? Yes, Bob, but maybe I forget the names you use, but Susan's over there and she does have this, these qualities too. 
it actually helps make it more egalitarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And, and I agree with that. And that's why I'm saying, you know, a lot of times, even the people that have the qualities, the CEOs don't know their people. And unless they have somebody like you coming in, or if they have somebody on their team that knows the people, there's a lot of great missed opportunities. And, and that's hard okay. and it's sad. Okay. So you wrote a book called The Leadership Development Toolkit, Redesigning Your Leadership Development Template to Drive Individual and Organizational Change. So one first part is what's involved in the toolkit, and two, what made you sit down and actually put that together? Right. So it's about really giving leaders sort of the necessary strategies and developing an effective pipeline of talent. To your point, mm-hmm. how is the CEO going to recognize his people in a way that continually fills the pipeline. A lot of women who are talented are sort of leaking through that pipeline. So how do you sure that up for their organization? And we hear a lot that there's still a skills gap in the workforce and organizations can, and I think are instrumental in actually closing that gap through how they recruit, develop, and retain their talent. So we're all about kind of building the case for why you'd want to develop a leadership development program, kind of what the benefits are to you. Also kind of like what the barriers, what are some of the barriers to that, that organizations may not be aware of kind of in how they're are currently operating. Okay. And did you write it because there was nothing else like that out there? Or did you write it because you felt that it was like the how-to, not just the why, it was the how to do it, which a lot of books miss? Kind of both. There's a lot of books out there on kind of how to develop your people and they're really great and not to take away from them. But again, where can you sit down and kind of nuts the bolts? I know it's good. I know it's great, but like how, Right. (laughs) how do I sit down and do this and, and what to consider in building one? Awesome. Okay. So tell us about next gen leaders. Yeah, so Next Gen Leaders, as you mentioned, is really a community that aims to develop leaders and organizations to their full potential. And I will say that in today's business environment, like I mentioned, we need to learn how to effectively get your people to accomplish your organizational goals effectively as independent leaders. I want to underscore that. And this is true if your business is experiencing great success in, say, a good economy or troubling times in a bad economy. And that's essentially what 21st century leadership is all about. Workers aren't kind of going back to going to work to just crank out a widget, for example. The new world of work looks vastly different than the industrial environment in the past. And today's world, innovation, and as I mentioned, and problem solving are key competencies every worker should have, and not just those at sort of the very top of the organization. But in order to attract and, and maintain innovative problem solvers requires development, which is the responsibility of the employer. So Next Gen Leaders is all about these aspiring leaders working within the new world of work for the 21st century. Okay. And where can people find out about this? So the best way to reach me is via LinkedIn, Swila Sampson, S-A-S-W-I-L-L-A, Sampson. And I've recently added Next Gen Leaders on Instagram at NXT Generation Leader, all one word, and our private Facebook group. 
next gen leaders, all caps. Awesome. So what's next for you? Yeah. So the book, which is coming out in early 2020. And I'd say that if people are interested in pre-ordering the book, the Leadership Development Toolkit, Redesigning Your Leadership Development Template to Drive Individual and Organizational Change, to please connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'm happy to send out a link to your folks in the show notes or, or via LinkedIn. But it is to promote the book, help and inspire as many 21st century leaders as we can. Wonderful. That's wonderful. Okay. So what's the best advice you can share with women in leadership positions? What would you tell them? I'd say for me that kind of going back to our theme is invest in yourself, even if your job won't. And that knowing your why is the single most important factor to achieving anything you want in sort of life, business. I love that. That's, that's perfect. It's, it's so interesting when, when they don't remember their why, you know, yeah, I started this business because, and then five years later, like, I can't even remember why I started this business. And I think that that's a really important point. Any tips to remembering your why other than writing it down? You know, you have to give yourself space and I, I call it always working on your leadership. Again, leadership isn't a destination. It's not somewhere that you kind of arrive to. It's like exercise. You, you have to work on it. And whys can change. You know, why we do something obviously change. Our passion may change and that's okay. But it's creating a space for yourself to continually asking yourself at any point in your life, what's important to me? Why is this important to me? And not just kind of going along with, the rat race, if you will. Absolutely. Well, Fazula, I, I want to thank you so much for sharing the mic with me. You have so much amazing information. I'm very excited that we're connected and I look forward to creating some great adventures together. Great. Thank you so much, Judy. Awesome. And I want to leave everyone with this quote. While we may be individually strong, we are collectively powerful. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. And make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.